The following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Hello and welcome to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. I am not Sketch, but I am your host for today, CJ. And along with me, I have... Hey folks, it's editorial writer, Lord GTZ. And we got some fresh meat on the podcast, and not just one, but two. First, we have... Ah, Sakaki, editorial writer. Nice to meet you all. And... Uh, my name is Marion, I'm also an editorial writer. Happy to be on. As you can see, as editor-in-chief, I have brought all of my writers. Yes, yes, we want them all. I want a podcast with me and all the writers where I can just tell them how much I love them. Because I do. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, CJ I, went from gotcha to collecting writers. And damn good ones, too. But I am so excited because it is always a pleasure to have new people on for their first ever tfp episode so i'm really excited i hope uh for those who are listening you have checked out a ton of the articles written by both marion and sakaki uh they bring such a unique perspective to the table that i absolutely love probably my favorite so far with marion was their uh article about noel because i'm a black clover bias fan but (laughs) uh but as well as uh sakaki recently giving some much needed critiques that I think we need for the Toonami Faithful with uh, his recent JoJo critiques, which I found such a fascinating read. If you haven't read those, please check them out on ToonamiFaithful.com. They are wonderful, wonderful stuff. And I guess before we kind of start with our conversation, because today, classes in session, we'll be talking about the first few arcs of Assassination Classroom. But I guess before we kind of start, I would like Marion and Sakaki to kind of introduce themselves a little bit to our listeners just just a, just a tad i know sakaki does uh amazing work with his uh shonen sunday blogs as well as his uh love-hate relationship with kintama that's at least how i got to know him and uh i've heard <laughs> nothing... my face and shame right <laughs> <laughs> and i know nothing but amazing amazing things told from me by other staff members at Toonami Faithful about Marion and their work and what they've been able to accomplish. So why don't you, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit? Cause I, I always think that's such a, especially since both of you are pretty well accomplished already before you joined Toonami Faithful. So I'm very, very, uh, like I said, excited to have you not only on this episode, but also part of the staff for Toonami Faithful. So uh, let's start with you, Sakaki. Since uh, no, no offense, Marion, it's just because I met Sakaki first. I'm just going by that. <laughs> sure, sure. We'll, we'll leave it like that on uh, on here. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, as CJ said, I run a Shonen Sunday-based Twitter and blog, uh, WSS Talkback, at WSS Talkback on Twitter, and WSS Talkback.blogspot.com. I also used to translate manga. I don't do that so much anymore, but because <laughs> Shonen Sunday just takes up all of my time. But, yeah, um, pretty much I started it because 
only people, the only things people knew out of Shonen Sunday were uh, Detective Conan and whatever Miko Takahashi is drawing. <laughs> I was like, that's there, there's a lot of other stuff in the magazine. <laughs> so I got to just saying, you know what? What if I did something about it? And well, uh, did you have? <laughs> yeah, 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 I have. No, I, I mean the the blog is gonna both of the blog and the Twitter are a year older. I think the blog's three years and the Twitter will be two this month. And they've seen so much growth and everything like that. And Marion is also a contributing writer for us. So their contributions to WSS TV are, are ones I can't emphasize how grateful I am to have. Um, besides that, yes, as CJ mentioned, I used to be the Gintama translator. <laughs> um, I, I really like Gintama, so I, I can't help but throw that out. I, I really do. I find the, the author one of the most comedic uh, genius, like one of the biggest comedic geniuses on the planet. I don't think he'll be ever topped in my generation. Yeah, I mean, I will give Sorachi that. When it comes to <laughs> when it comes to character writing, and it comes to I, my issue with him is more storytelling. But I could I could fill a whole podcast with that. We might. <laughs> I mean, I will say this: Jason Demarco said he really liked Gintama and wish he could get it on Toonami. I actually would love to see as much as i'm kind of like eh, on gintama right now i would like this i would watch it on tsunami honestly mm-hmm. that would be a perfect fit I'd yeah it would i i've always since the series since the anime began i was around with gintama before it was cool <laughs> but um <laughs> since the anime began way back in 2006 i always thought funimation and tsunami would be a great team for this thing but it never came up that way so it's always interests me that it never did and but, I know licensing yeah. rights too makes it yeah. very, very difficult. But no, it was just it was a funny thing that DeMarco happened to mention on a Q&A he did on Twitter. And I was like, no freaking way. This guy knows in a kind of an obscure title compared to like other mainstream things as Gintama. That's awesome because it's so funny. I, I do. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I so, yeah, I used to translate Gintama um, unofficially. Let me put that out there. Right, right. <laughs> um, for... Well, I was doing it while Viz was doing it, which I, I am secretly kind of ashamed of. But <laughs> I kept with it even after they, they stopped doing it. And, yeah, I think I stopped around slightly before the manga ended. So, like, 2018. So I was doing it from, like, I want to say 2010 to 2018. So almost 10 years. So, yeah. But, I mean, I enjoy the series. Again, it, it's great character writing and is genuinely hilarious. Like, Sorachi himself is great. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, yeah, it's just the story writing I have issue with, but that's that's beside the point. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mostly now I go by as the Shonen Sunday guy, which I'm very proud of. So, and I'm thankful yeah. too, just because there are a lot of cool looking titles that I would never would have found out. Um, I forget from your recent uh, Shonen Sunday article that you posted for Toonami Faithful, but there was some really really cool stuff that I looked up event uh, originally, and I was like, wow. This looks awesome. I need a, an anime of it, just like Comey. Just just throwing that one out there. <laughs> everybody, you and everybody else. Because like when uh, Sleepy Princess got announced for an anime, the biggest <laughs> thing that we got on the Twitter was just for Comey win. That's that's all I got was a lot of Comey win. And that's funny. We're not in a recent interview. I translated it with the Shonen Sunday editor in chief. He didn't outright say a Comey anime is coming, but he did say in a series that has, I think, 19 to 21 volumes is getting an animated adaption soon. Mm-hmm. And the only the only series right now on Sunday that that sort of fits it that doesn't already ha- hasn't already had an anime is Comey. So 
like Sobate's near there too, right? Yes, yeah, Sobate, yeah, that's right. Sobate's twentieth volume actually comes out now. But I don't think that but we still have Moonlight Act for Fujita and it feels like at this point, they're just going to go through his old catalog, and they might as well just do Moonlight Act, because by the time they animate that and it's done, then Silvate will probably be finished, because <laughs> as of right now, with, there's a rumor that I started. <laughs> <But> <laughs> there's a rumor that uh, started by us, but just simply because it was recent, in the most recent Silvate, uh chapter that came out Tuesday, they're releasing four volumes consecutively for the next four months, so, which, since there's, yeah, 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 Mary and, was, and I were talking about how insane that is, but Fujita's insane, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but we were saying that, and it's like, the only reasons I could think of that they would do that is if the series is going to end soon. So, hmm. but we we don't know, but yeah. and that that'll, would be, that'll be very interesting to keep tabs on. I would definitely recommend any of our listeners to check out uh, Sakaki's blog. It is yeah. a wealth of knowledge and before we kind of continue on with assassination of classroom it is now marion's turn to introduce themselves because i don't know we gave sakaki a lot of time i feel like marion deserves some time <laughs> as well so sorry. that was that was me teasing more but, nah, you deserve all that but it's just really fun and i will say marion you came well i'll put it this way v, both v lord and uh alien renegated who you know former staff member of tsunami faithful both uh recommended yourself and I was very, very impressed with a lot of the uh, samples that you sent me. So I was super, super pumped to have you a part of the team. So maybe kind of tell the listeners a little bit about what you do. So I technically, I write reviews and like uh, like personal kind of bloggy stuff on my own personal blog. That's like heavensdoorknob.wordpress.com. Uh, and like that's where I sent uh, CJ some of my samples. I think I sent you the Bleach light novel. It was review, so actually. good. It was that that was yeah. what sealed it for me. It was so it was so well written. It really was. I was I had such a blast writing that because it was like so much that I I, I wanted uh, out of Bleach in general, and then just the fact that like wow, Bleach can be written well. This is crazy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like uh, jokes aside, like I just I have a. I have uh, like a fascination with just media in general. Uh, I naturally like I veer towards like anime and manga and like comics and stuff just because like, ooh, pretty pictures. Wow. Mm -hmm. But like also, yeah, like storytelling in, in general and like uh, the way that other authors write things like I'm really interested in that and like breaking it down and everything. Uh, I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of satisfaction just talking to V-Lord and Sakaki in general. We have like our own little group on discord there's just like six people or whatever and mm -hmm. like we'll talk about the stuff that we're reading or watching and yeah like i just i love engaging with media critically and uh that's what led me to start writing and uh besides my personal blog i also write for sakaki's sunday blog uh i cover some manga there uh, like komi komi's a good manga oh it's uh, it's fantastic i remember v lord sending that to my shoving it in my face almost be like cj Anything can die, but not Comey. This is it. This is the thing. <laughs> it will save you. Oh, man. But yeah, yeah. and like, uh, Shonen Sunday is full of great stuff, actually. Like, I I really want to... I told, I told Zakaki this, but I, I really want to write something about uh, Kakaishi, which was yes. a, an anime film. Wait, wait, wait. Was, was that, um... Was that the one with, uh, like, the, the two kids at the school, the one boy, one girl? Yes. Yeah. I had, like, loved that. Oh my god. I like I only saw the anime and I was like, 
this is actually pretty dope. Like, there's nothing that really stood and, out, yeah, but it, it like the good. sum of its parts made it so good. Yeah, like Dude. Kakashi is the series. Like, when people ask me what's your favorite Sunday series, I can say Kakashi without like i have a tough time whenever anybody asks me anything about what's your favorite i can always have a trouble answering that but when they say sunday series that you'd recommend kakaishi without a second thought it was so, it's it's so that good. good cj it's like 33 volumes in the manga uh if if you don't want to like buy and like sample it or whatever i'll just i'll give you my visit <laughs> you have to read the whole story i i, like, I think i have uh, some in my vault to be honest because i really really enjoyed the anime that much i really did i, I love the story and like i'm a sucker for shonen anyway you know as yeah. as we talk like I'm, I'm a big fan of black clover i was a big fan of my hero academia i love fairy tale uh you know one piece bleach naruto you know i'm, I'm a big I'm, I'm a sucker for it and i can admit it but there's just something about the story that I found interesting. And Kakaishi's world building was really, really fascinating, especially when mm -hmm. you've gone beyond the high school. And just like watching, I forget the main character's name, but just watching him grow was. Yoshimori. Yeah, Yoshimori. Yoshimori and Tokine is the girl. Yes. Yeah. Tomimura is her last name. Yeah. I honestly yeah, would love like, hey, we got Shaman King coming back. Can we can we do yes. another Kakaishi? You know what I'm saying? Like, I would love that. Oh, my God. I would I would lose it for a Kakaishi oh, revival. That'd be amazing. Especially, like, they have, right now, they have these really beautiful uh, Kazambad releases in Japan. Oh, yes, like, with the redrawn art or for the yeah. covers. And oh, I keep CJ, wishing that, Viz would license it. Like, <laughs> it looks so good. Absolutely beautiful. Well... I, yeah. I will I will say, as we probably have bored our listeners about Shonen Sunday stuff, I will say this. <laughs> definitely check it out. I, I Like, a lot of people, and rightly so, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff with Weekly Shonen Jump. You know, Jujutsu Kaisen is obviously the big thing that I really enjoy. Obviously, Black Clover, My Hero Academia. And, you know, there's One Piece and other other really cool stuff. Like, I, I actually really enjoy Seraphim of the End as an example, you know, for something that's, that's a good one. that I really, really enjoyed uh, reading. But Shonen Sunday is definitely the you know the kind of overshadowed sibling and mm -hmm. i really i really do enjoy when a lot of stuff from when stuff from there breaks because it's, it's just really cool um, and, and it's actually some uh, older like tsunami heads should like recognize stuff like zatch bell was mm -hmm. a fucking uh i'm sorry can i curse yes i yeah, i okay. would encourage you to <laughs> i'm not sure if you've met Darrell marion but uh <laughs> he is they a big Bleach a fan team. too, so I think you two would get along pretty decently. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, oh no, everyone's yeah. allowed to curse. I'd rather you be yourself, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, no, there's, there is, there's so many good titles. And what I really like about, you know, Shonen Sunday is a lot of, and I hate to use this word, I guess, in a sense, because I don't want uh, Marion or Sakaki to be like, I'm dissing it, but I feel like a lot of their stuff's underrated. And I only say that because I believe Assassination Classroom was underrated. Like, it never really got the same buzz that a lot of the more popular weekly Shonen Jump titles did. So it's one of those things where I really enjoy kind of the underdog story being able to get a chance to rise to the spotlight. And I think Assassination Classroom fits that mold. Uh, a lot of Toonami fans seem to lament how it's always the next big thing. You know, they get their Attack on Titans, their Sword Art Online, their My Hero Academia, their Black Clovers, and it's like... What happened to like finding those hidden gems like a Michiko and Hachin, right? Or mm. or a Dead Man Wonderland, Eureka Seven, Samurai Seven, and I think Assassination Classroom kind of fits that mold, and I really feel as if it has kind of taken a hold of the tsunami audience right now. I remember uh, reviewing an article from Sketch that hopefully will get published soon, you know, edits and whatnot. How he mentioned how he was 
really taken aback at how much fans were really a enjoying it and b were like really rallying behind it right and i i always wonder that mix of being able to grab new stuff because like i'll be honest i would love jujitsu kaisen on tsunami right now personally um but also being able to find those types of hidden gems that might that might make people feel more at home on tsunami because that's because that's kind of like one of its mission statements right and i know everyone here has even read the entire month which is really crazy to hear that like literally even me yes i do know how to read i promise um <laughs> everyone I, so as an editor. <laughs> I uh oh no please please i i i don't edit that much <laughs> um but uh it, it's me it's one of <laughs> those it's one of those things where uh it, it was it was such a satisfying story and so, so right now you know no spoilers obviously but you know we just finished the first term you know the finals just happened which i thought was a real cool take on shonen battle where they showed the classroom like fighting the test and the ants with the answers oh and stuff. yeah i the think that was literal so monsters. yeah and i thought it was really cool because like i can't think of another series that did anything even remotely close to that it's like you know jojo stands right have you mm -hmm. i can't really think of another property that had these like you know and they're not anthropomorphic but more like these you know pretty much spirits come out of people and fight for them right I, i'm not very well versed in other places that did that and so assassination classroom not get, not only gives us a setting that's quite unique compared to a lot of other uh shonen series but it also gives like interesting interpretations of how to create tension kind of like food wars right how uh, yeah. Food Wars is like a cooking battle, even though like the stare downs and like the intensity of it was just as hype as like, you know, Goku fighting Majin Buu or anything along those lines. And so I really, really enjoyed the the difference that Assassination Classroom can bring. And I like I'm super hyped that it came to the block. I'm really proud that it did. And I guess before I, I kind of like continue to bloviate about this, but I, I will say for me, what I find the most interesting and great point about assassination classroom on on this uh block is the social commentary about studying in schools uh it was a little different for me just because i'm uh, a bit older you know than i, I know at least for v lord and no you don't have to tell me your age don't worry guys <laughs> you don't have to say anything but it's one of those it's one of those things where for me i saw how much like the pressure of making sure you get good grades could really crack some people and i mm -hmm. saw the kind of negative effects of like doing all that school work and then doing about the same amount of time of work back at home so like kids couldn't kind of decompress i know for me when i was in school i had breaks in between so i would do i would get home do one subject finish that play a video game after you know an hour of that go back to finish the other assignments and I just kept going and going and going and going and it wasn't like a, a perfect science with that it was just something that I was able to kind of fluctuate to be able to figure out my uh, study habits to be able to be the most optimal and not burn out uh, it's the same of why I actually applauded Hanabeto for showing kind of the negative effects of when a student athlete just does that and nothing else you know the burnout and it's real the psychological damage that it has mm -hmm. super real and I thought that uh, I know the manga is better, so don't worry, V Lord. But um, it's it's uh, I really enjoyed that depiction. I think Assassination Classroom hits on something that I think a lot of audience members uh, who were watching on Toonami and even before then can really relate to. And I, I find that the best part about Assassination Classroom, especially with the entire class, right? Like yeah. seeing all of them in E class, there's like a certain mold that 
any one of us can fit and they're all kind of depicted in that classroom. And I, I just find it so fast. And like I said, I can go on for hours, but uh, I'll open up the floor. And I guess since V-Lord hasn't had a chance to really talk as much, I'll open it up with you, at least for Assassination Classroom, of what really stands out to you as to what made so far, you know, episodes one through 16 and even the series as a whole really just different and fun, you know? Mm, yeah, so I'd say for me, it's a combination of things. Uh, first of all, I, I would like to mention kind of the social commentary on education, like you mentioned, where I think that is probably one of the most compelling parts of the series because it is very clearly uh, trying to reference the kind of strict and rigid structure of the Japanese education system. Mm -hmm. But I'd say it also applies to a lot of the education systems like in other countries, including the U.S., where there's this kind of sense of conformity and the type of lessons Koro Sensei teaches the students of class C are very much uh, about trying to embrace your individual attributes, find your actual passions, and really capitalize on what makes you unique. And I think that is a very inspiring message for like a series that like ran in a magazine for like young boys, like actually kind of teaching them, hey, you aren't just like going to be stuck on this set path. You have many possibilities to pursue in your future it kind of reminds me in a way of like say we never learns messages about, oh like, yeah pursuing your passions which yeah, i think yeah, is yeah. probably why like both of them were so successful mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. forget about that i really did like we never learn uh with all that but i, I guess more on koro sensei it's like he seems to be like you think about a lot of anime mentors right like piccolo for example you can look at uh, iruka sensei in naruto Kuro Sensei is right up there, because not only not only does he like tell beautiful messages about you know especially at you know kids at an age where failing school can lead to very drastic kind of stuff, he he really touches on those types of feelings and kind of that support staff. And I'm not saying like all support is good, but it's definitely something that I felt very compelling and touching. And Sakaki seems to seems to really feel that as well. Yeah, yeah, I I do agree with that. Um, in the sense that Koro Sensei is he's this. I mean, I've only I mean not to step back too far from this discussion of assass- assassination classroom, but Matsui always has had this kind of thing where he takes a premise and you think, okay, kids in school learning from a teacher, they're on the they're on they're kind of social outcasts. This sounds all normal. Oh yeah, but by the way, he's gonna blow up the earth in a couple of months. If and you he's don't. he's an octopus. <laughs> and he's an octopus. <laughs> totally normal. That's and what that's... really threw me for a loop when I first saw the uh, the franchise. Yeah, and that's like I mean, we talked about it a little bit beforehand, but that's just how Matsui. That's Tuesday to Matsui when you were mentioning <laughs> like kind of like how they visualized uh, um, the test as actual monsters. Yeah, Matsui would do that a lot in his previous series, Nero, where like. The characters would be discussing something and there would be a visualization in the background that'd be like completely off the wall but makes the sense. I mean, his previous series is about a demon from hell solving eating mysteries. Like he would solve mysteries and eat the energy from it. That's how he sustained himself. Hmm. And that's just Matsui in a nutshell. So looking at like how Koro Sensei, you know, fits in with these students, it's really interesting because it's like you would think from the entire premise that it would just be as off he'd be as off the wall as a premises but he isn't he's also 
different in the sense that he is just there as his vehicle for his students to learn, especially since he's introduced in the story and we don't know why he wants to teach a class. Well, you can destroy the earth, dude. Why, why do exactly, this? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> why do... So, and that mystery surrounding him only makes us kind of not connect to him so much, but it only makes his presence in the classroom that much more of an enigma that we want to see where he's going with this. Right. And, and by the time, by the time you realize, Oh, you know, by the time they do reveal it, you're like so attached to him that even though this whole thing is just weird. Yeah. You know, you're, mm -hmm. it's like, he's, he, re he represents all the best teachers we've had. In yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's, that's what I think. And that's why I think he really like resonates not only with, you know, viewers, but as well as his students too. And it is, it, it, you're right. Like, one thing that I think a lot of like manga tends to do better than uh, other types of you know media is the lore and like the mystery of the lore, right? Uh, best example for me is One Piece. Like you start off in the East Blue and you think like, oh wow, this is a big place, you know, Luffy's doing their thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, you have no idea how vast this world of One Piece is. And while we're kind of just in Japan for Assassination Classroom. We're learning about this world of assassins because obviously, you know, there are other types of assassins that uh, the the Japanese government tries to like, you know, off them as well. Not so much for the money, but just to save the world. And it's just like, wow. So there are a lot more of people in this profession in this, you know, setting than you would have thought. And you're like, why is Koro Sensei Koro Sensei? Right? Like, why is there an octopus teaching a class? Why did he want to teach a class? Why? are the students shooting pistols at him. You know what I mean? Like all these different types <laughs> yeah. of things that like, I think manga does really well. And, and Marion, I'm curious uh, on your take on it. It's just like, did it seem like the writing for Assassination Classroom kept enough intrigue and mystery to be able to spur as much love as, you know, all of us seem to be showing so far? I think it definitely did. Just for the fact that like throughout its run, uh, while it was serialized, I, I remember keeping it up, keeping up with it as it was, uh, you know, being serialized weekly in Jump, and, like, it was a phenomenon from, like, like the get-go, like, people were clamoring for Matsui to come back, and just, like, seeing the, like, the volume sales rise, like, continuously as, like, more content gets pushed out, and, like, it, it, it doesn't even feel like, uh, like, the way that, like, Matsui wrote the whole thing, that it was, like, like forced or anything like this this was definitely like meticulously crafted in a way that i think people noticed because uh we're now like uh in the tsunami airing like we just finished the the first term finals and it's only like 16 episodes but we get a, a gradual sense of like time passing um and that's something that i feel like a lot of like long-running like action series that sometimes they might uh they might leave like their their foot on the pedal too too hard or like maybe they don't have a sense for like um like pacing in this in the way of like uh being being uh aware of like how much time is actually passing uh ah, the like, dragon ball syndrome the yes, syndrome like i should dragon say ball and jojo's where it's like you'll have someone speaking for like <laughs> like <laughs> 10 minutes and only like five seconds have passed in in real time yeah. like oh stuff like God, that yes. it's, it's interesting it's, silly, to, like... it's interesting to think about in a way because like i feel when assassination classroom was running it was a lot less common to have those kind of like low-end 20 volume series and jump and like now obviously we have more than we have neverland we have demon slayer chainsaw man but matsui seemed like he was very adamant i'm like yeah this is where i'm gonna end this series yeah. i have this set plan and it's not gonna go longer than that 
And you know, the fact that like, there's so much the character progress, mm. like even this early into the series is kind of a testament to that. And I you know mean, most series would not show that this early on. And you mean that with the students, Carl Sensei? Like, what do you mean with the character development, especially through the first 16 episodes? Because I only saw it semi with Karma, which, and I'll, I'll get to this about Nagisa a little later, but for me, it's like, I felt like you saw more of the supporting cast of Nagisa grow more than Nagisa himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I agree with that, but I mean, like, even just like how they're doing academically. Got you. Like, okay. by like the end of like the first like uh, term, they've actually proven that hey, like we are E class, but that doesn't mean we are like useless failures. Like, even the worst student in E class is now average for the entire school, which is insane. So, like, I, I mean, like that type of progress. Like, I feel like. Yeah. Most series would not have that kind of big leap that early in, like less than ten volumes in. Yeah, I I got the the idea just kind of following the series trajectory too. That because yeah, it, when it, in Japan it was this big deal, like almost immediately out the gate it was selling super well and everything like that. And then getting from the trajectory, it doesn't seem like Matsui looked at it like, oh, geez, like guess this is working let me make it a little longer then no it always kind of said you know this was my plan i'm sticking to it and it ended just the way it it, it, it ended when it needed to because when you think about it i mean something i'm sure marion doesn't remember this and it just popped off the top of my head because like it was a few months ago that another manga artist was comparing uh assassination classroom and kimetsu and uh i mean demon slayer and oh, they yeah, have, yeah. yeah 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 uh mizu mizu kami I think. Oh yes, I remember. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, uh, Biscuit Hammer. Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. He yeah. did the anime Planet with. He yes. uh, he has yeah. Spirit Circle out by Seven Seas. Buy his manga. It's so fucking good. Really yes. Good. So he was talking about after uh, Demon Slayer ended. He was just like, "Wow, I didn't realize that Assassination Classroom has less chapters." And this isn't him shitting on Demon Slayer at all. He was like, "Yeah, I like Demon Slayer too," but the fact that Assassination Classroom, and I mean, without spoiling what happens, Assassination Classroom was able to do so much with so much let with a few with even less material less time than Demon Slayer just goes to tell you how how meticulous Matsui was with what he wanted to include, what he didn't want to include, what was important, and the pacing. Because there was like I remember Marion. One thing that Marion said was, you know, it definitely felt like at times. Um, that Demon Slayer, there were things like, oh, we should have introduced this earlier, or we should have done this sooner, or I wish I'd been able to include this. But you walk away from Assassination Classroom, even with just the first season of the anime, feeling like, as CJ said, just satisfied. Like, there's, yeah, never, I mean, there's not, no not sense to, of... Not to no, make this a Demon Slayer type podcast, but... <laughs> we, um, we have one of those, by the way. <laughs> yes, uh, the Demon Slayer podcast? What's that? I mean, but, but no, um... Yeah, we, we've talked about this on the Demon Slayer podcast, actually. But, like, in Demon Slayer, there, there's a big difference in terms of pacing, I feel, between that and Assassination Classroom. And I think part of it's, like, yeah, like, Gotagay, that was their first series, Demon Slayer. And by the end of it, you could definitely tell, like, they're dealing with kind of the first experience woes of ending the series. But with Matsui, this is his second time out of the gate, his second hit, and... You can tell he has all that experience under his belt from the outset, and he's prepared for whatever is coming his way in his publication. And I think that definitely helped make 
Assassination Classroom a concise but also really just high quality series. And that's reflected in the anime too, where I think, yeah, the anime has to cut out a few things here and there, but because of how well-structured the manga already was, the anime is able to fit in like most of the core beats within 47 episodes very easily. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point too. But um, I think for me, when looking at the conciseness, I do think that the anime and we'll later see this gets a little too concise, especially in some very important arcs in season two. But again, we don't have to worry about that. We can wait till we reach that term. After all, we can't do Mm -hmm. cram school this early V Lord. I mean, come on now. Uh, yes, I'm going to be throwing in school puns for this in honor of sketch, even though I hate puns. But um, I think I think what I really like, especially when going through the first 16 episodes, is like V-Lord and I, I think actually Mary and Sakaki both were saying it too. It's just like the growth. You know, you get to see a lot of the students shine. I don't think they get the same type of attention as, say, supporting characters in Black Clover. I think that is the gold standard when it comes to how supporting characters get to shine with the main characters. Uh, but uh-huh. you see that you see that more, you know, in Assassination Classroom. Like, I really enjoyed uh, Ryoma Terasaka being able to... Kinda, oh, he was great. Yeah, you know, like, oh, the bullies were really Terasaka able like to... A bully character? Yeah. Like, I thought it was really cool. I, I did like seeing Yukiko kind of give us a picture of what she was, you know, beforehand. You know, she used to be this perfect straight-A student, good with calligraphy, and then kind of things went downhill for her uh karma i just i I mean karma i think is the best student out of all of them you know and uh austin tyndall does an absolutely fabulous job um but there's just i really enjoy getting to see the students kind of be able to grow and while i understand that you know nagisa is obviously the storyteller and being able to grow himself you know like obviously he's the one telling the story so much i honestly don't really find him as that compelling of a character. And there's certain aspects that were added in to Assassination Classroom with him that I just thought were really poor choice in the execution. Most notably when Nagisa had to go one-on-one with the abusive uh, teacher that was replacing Kuro-sensei. What I loved about it was obviously Nagisa winning. I thought that was good. The problem I had is that he was discussing his moves as it was happening. I And that's kind of the problem that I've had with Nagisa when I was reading it. He's talking, and whether that be his actual lips or his mind is were just in his thoughts, I think we were given too much of that. I thought it would be much more of a compelling moment where we see Nagisa's potential as an assassin if he was slowly walking, smile, quiet, and then the knife all of a sudden just flashes over instead of, uh, the rendition and the monologue that we hear inside his head. It, it didn't hit me as much as it could have if it was just silent, just like an assassin assassin would be, right? And it's the same kind of thing when you saw that in episode one when Nagisa went to, like, hug Kuro-sensei and he had a freaking grenade <laughs> attached to him just ready to let go. It was quiet. It wasn't... Um, it, it wasn't, it was like a telegraph. big shock. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, 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 right. It wasn't telegraphed. Thank you. Oh my God. Marion, that's the best word for it. The fight against that <laughs> instructor was telegraphed. And I thought that kind of destroyed the emotional tension. impact, right? And, and the tension too. Because like, I think with Nagisa explaining it, you already knew what was going to happen, right? Even if you never saw it, you're like, oh, he's going to do something that probably is going to shock everyone because they obviously no one thought that Nagisa would have been, you know, the person to take him on. But uh, 
Karasuma was like, no, there's something about this. There's a there's an eerie feel uh, of aura around Nagisa. And then like him saying it all just it really fell flat. And like I said, I think and you see that through these first 16 episodes, Nagisa talks a lot. And I think it got to a point where it's a little too much. I understand that. And I feel like this is just something that's just really hard to balance sometimes when it comes to like like anime storytelling specifically because there people will always have a choice uh when it comes to like ad- adapting if they want to like keep monologues or whatever. And we see this when I had I had a personal issue when it came to Promised Neverland and the anime came out and the way that they adapted it specifically, they, they chose to cut out all of the internal monologues and for me that made it a lot uh, less engaging because we didn't really understand the motivations of the characters as like they were plotting or whatever um, but then like there's a case like in this where you can have too much of it and mm-hmm. it just it kind of sucks you out of the, the moment. I do agree with you with the promise Neverland part of it because I do think the inner monologues especially at the beginning made uh-huh. the escape much more compelling right when you're reading you're like yeah. oh are they going to make it out oh are they going to be able to find out you know what's going on with kids graduating or getting adopted you know so it's it's it just to me i felt nagisa didn't his his narration or i guess you say you know the monologues and whatnot it didn't add anything to me for when i was watching assassination classroom and even reading it but it only subtracted like i I would want like to find a medium where it does both right where it might subtract here but it Mm -hmm. it it strengthens another spot and i'm not saying like you know the author is a terrible job get rid of you know what i mean like it's not like that i just think for especially the anime when you have like more uh kind of things that can hit your senses like the music the sight and everything instead of when you read the pages i i think it would have been much more of an impact you know and like for uh, the, the actress who plays Nagisa, you know, Lindsay Seidel, she has a great voice for creepy. And I think having Nagisa kind of like that creepy tone where it's like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, I got you. And like, and then like when Nagisa actually won, he's just like, gotcha. You know, like, I think it would have been really cool if they were able to utilize that creepy sound that Nagisa can kind of get when he's serious more. And so I was just a little, like I said, it was just, it's tough for, for, for me when the supposed main character doesn't quite add up to what everything else is going on around them and that's why i think it's so great that we have uh kuro sensei that we have a karma that we have the other students being able to kind of get their moment in the sun albeit shorter compared because i know oh god what was her name the chemist the chemist girl she's adorable yeah Yeah, okada i love her i wish i wish we got more (laughs) but i I especially always like could you drink this poison it might kill you but could you just drink it and curse is like yeah sure why not you know it's it's fine it's fine and uh oh oh, well i was just gonna add also like uh sugino right with the baseball when you got to see when you got to see like the baseball team be like yo you're actually good it sucks that you had to go there and now you're kind of popping off with this other class it's really cool so like you see how like i enjoyed okuda i enjoyed sugino uh sugino uh ryoma you know like all these other side characters and nagis is kind of low on my list despite how popular the character actually was yeah Mm -hmm. i mean like i feel like obviously we've already all like seen the series so we know what happens with this character i feel like it's kind of intentional that nagisa is kind of bland in these early parts (laughs) of the series I I do feel like the narration is a bit overboard at times. (laughs) Mainly in the anime. I think the manga didn't really bother me. But I don't know. I think, like, overall, I feel having that kind of vague sense about what Nagisa is really about also kind of made him a bit interesting. 
especially during that assassination scene with uh, Takaoka, mm-hmm. where like, yeah, he's narrating and that's kind of distracting. But it's also the fact that like he's able to do this so casually and he's not distracted or like afraid of the fact that he has to actually do this. Definitely focused, definitely. Anyway, and Sakaki, what were you saying before? I so rudely interrupted you. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> You're good. So, so I. What's funny is, um, I have never seen the dub until you asked me to come on. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, uh, I watched the show airing in Japanese. So, it was only this week that I said, you know what? I start. I just put on Funimation. I was like, okay, whatever comes up, I'll watch it. And the dub came on. So like okay sure I've never seen it let's and so far I haven't seen a lot I think I've seen like seven episodes dubbed so mm-hmm. so far and I mean I I like it for the most I honestly I have to say that I didn't much care for not Nagisa's voice but um one sec say... I'm gonna unfriend Sakaki oh my god <laughs> it's fine it's fine Same I will for... say I will say this the one performance that really kind of fell flat for me throughout the entire thing which sucks was Karasuma's personally. Yes, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yes, I don't like his voice. I it's... mean, I know, I know. Coming after Gintoki's voice, Japanese voice actor is right. that's that's a tough that's a tough act to follow. It was very and that's fine, but for me, and that's yeah, just me. Oh, you know, like yeah. I said, like that's not anything against the actor by all means. Oh, like, yeah, no, please no. Give, keep giving him more roles and things like that. It's just it for whatever reason it wasn't hitting for me, and that's just me, and that goes throughout the entire thing, and it sucks too because as you'll see, Karasuma has a lot more emotional moments, and I under I think for at least the start they were thinking, oh, you know, you're the surly, no emotions, you know, prototypical hitman, but like as we were talking about, everyone grows, you know, Irina starts off as this you know seductive you know assassin you know honey trap kind of thing, and yet she can't figure out how to fix her own love life which is like hilarious where you're like hello you've been doing this for a living you can't figure it out and you see her grow (laughs) and you see the emotions really kind of pour out with her but then like you see someone like Karasuma and you're like it didn't feel like you grew considering that you uh, will eventually I'm sure become attached to the kids just because you know as an instructor that happens you know Kuro Sensei obviously cares about them so obviously the other faculty members should as well and it just, it never sounded like it did. And I, I, I didn't watch all of the uh, the subtitled version, but uh, I don't know if it gets better, at least, you know, as the series progresses, but it definitely was like, meh. But uh, but yeah, it's just, I, 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 I understand where you're coming from with that Sakaki, because it makes sense, you know? Like, I think it makes sense, at least. But I don't know, Marion, do you think I'm, I'm like crazy or weird thinking of how I do with Nagisa as a character? <laughs> Not really. Like, I think I'll, it's actually kind of funny because when Vila talking, I was like, I was going to make a joke like, oh, uh, maybe maybe Nagisa doesn't stand out as a character to make him look more like an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> it does work, too, because I, I think I do love that about the character, right? I like how mm-hmm. they, or at least I like how Nagisa is able to kind of get sneak in in any type of setting. Like, he can yeah. fit, you know what I mean? But there's also, like, there's a good part of that, especially for his line of work as being an assassin, at least in this case. But then, like, it kind of falters when it comes to being a protagonist, the main protagonist in a manga. <laughs> at least that's yeah, how I kind of look kinda, at it. it. Yeah, it's, like, very at odds with the, you know, like, his actual role as a as a protagonist. Um, I think, uh, for the most part, 
what made me like latch on to Nagisa as a main character was mostly his interactions with the with Koro Sensei and like how his whole thing with like the notebook and like taking notes and sharing it with the class or whatever was like how his way of like connecting to everyone else and um just like in general the way that uh that like Koro Sensei like teaches with everyone uh I really like um I, I was really drawn to the series in general from like from the get-go because of Koro Sensei. Uh, I, I didn't get to talk as much about this uh, earlier on when we were talking about like his appeal, but like I think it's really fascinating the way that uh, he his whole thing is like he's teaching with like empathy and respect for these kids who they they're like you know like bottom of the barrel or bottom of the totem pole you know like academically, but like he's giving them like uh, like some due attention to make sure it's, that he can nurture all of them in their own strengths and stuff, but then. What is the purpose of, of him like teaching all these kids? It's to it's to actually uh, drive them to kill him, and it's like, huh? Like the the, <laughs> the disconnect there is it's really funny and like kind of hard to like make that jump uh, logically, but um, it, it's interesting to me, like fascinating actually, because it's almost like he's he's like the personification of like the mentor must die trope, because mm-hmm. like you know he's a mentor and he's like literally training the pupils to like kill him. And, like, the way that uh, Batsui was able to, to like, kind of wrap that up thematically into the setting is, like, it kind of blows my mind. Just, <laughs> like, the the way that was executed is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, totally. And, like, uh, the, the theme about, like, uh, oh, God, how was it phrased earlier? Uh, like, you know, like working, uh, like being overworked by school. And uh, like, just, uh, yeah, no, just the, the normal plight of studying and just like having to take everything home with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that really resonated with me because like I grew up like during the Bush era <laughs> where like uh, like standardized testing was like everywhere in New York City. And like I I was like so inundated with like uh, like standardized testing for like every subject and making sure that everyone has like above a certain uh like grade point for whatever subject and like like stuff like that where it's it made school very uh tedious and very like just hard to enjoy in general because it it's like what Villard was saying about like conformity and like making sure that like everyone is kind of just like at this uh, certain point and uh yeah the the fact that like Koro Sensei like focuses on like individuality and stuff like i think that really resonates in japan uh because like they're they're used to that kind of uh uh that kind of like view on society where like the the, ha- the the nail that sticks out must be hammered down or whatever but then like over here overseas it's like we're already like to begin with about like the individual and american dream and all that but like yeah i i think that the story can like it it it's a good fit for Toonami, especially because uh, because of that fact that like it could reach such a wide range of people, and no matter uh, like how you feel personally about whatever like you know educational policies may be, um, I think that the the way it's like tackling those ideas are done like in a very interesting and like thoughtful way, where even if you disagree about it, you can you can have like a civil discussion about it. 
and definitely not something you would expect in weekly shonen jump let me tell you let's let's be real though i think we're all fans of where kuro sensei was teaching uh ryoma with a naruto headband that was pretty funny (laughs) yeah Yeah. that was that was pretty good i love that especially and then like when um people were trying to hit the or hit kuro sensei and then the after images started to look all fuzzy and whatnot that's the thing i love the gags honestly i think i think this series really hit on the gags because i know like certain other elements can be very uh ill-mannered or just doesn't fit but i feel like the ones with kuro sensei just everything worked all the faces color changes all the things that happened to his body you know uh the after images naruto headband like him just kind of being a silly silly goose kind of thing like i, I really liked it you know yeah and the, like the vocal performances like really carried that too yeah yeah oh, yeah i would yeah. say that yeah, i would say in both languages like uh jun fukuyama and um sunny straight did a really good oh, job of so conveying good. his conveying his serious side with that is natural goofy side mm-hmm. you know they both I, I that's one thing i will say watching the dub for the first time i was like i really it didn't take me long to get used to Sunny Straight as uh, Koro Sensei. No, not like, at all. I thought it was really good, really good casting on that part. It was, it was fantastic, you know. And I, I, I happen to really like the casting when it comes to the class the, from the kids anyway. But uh, I will ask, you know, everyone here. I will say this just to kind of start because mine's a little quick. I think so far when you go through these first sixteen episodes, what I've really enjoyed the most, believe it or not, has been the music. Assassination Classrooms OST was actually sleeper underrated, really bopping like it slaps uh, i agree so they're... you brought up Arika seven it's the same guy did Arika seven's ost naoki sato he's he's great it's yeah. like when uh v lord and uh meowth were getting me to watch haikyuu and then i finally watch it and i'm like wow this music slaps i feel like i'm about to rescue <laughs> someone while playing volleyball and they're like oh it's the same same one who does uh my hero academia is like it makes sense deku and uh hina hinata or whatever his name is yep I yeah. love it. I absolutely love it. But for me, I, I really enjoyed the music. Like, I love the creepy, like, uh, dun, 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 dun part. I was just like, oh, yes, that's so that's good. That's one of my favorite tracks. That's one I of my love favorite it. tracks, and, too. And then there's, I, I, then there's one with the trumpets, too, that I really love that was, like, so good. But that's for me. That's what I, I think I've loved so far with these 16 episodes. The music really does a great job at conveying those tender moments yeah. as well as those, like, serious ones, too. Yeah, and I will say, like, I like not Naoki Sato's work, but definitely he brought his A-game to Assassination Classroom, because he's usually more, like, I hear more electronic tracks in, in Assassination Classroom than I heard in, like, Eureka 7 or some of the other shows I've watched with him as doing the OST. He's more of a very orchestral kind of um, mm-hmm. musician. I like so it. the fact that he brought this kind of eclectic mix of things into Assassination Classroom really works. But there's one track, I mean, I won't spoil, towards the end of the series that was so good it got me to actually tear up. Yeah. So no, I know I exactly what you're talking about. Yep. 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 Oh, no. But no, <laughs> the, the, the music oh, slaps. So good. The music is absolutely yes. slaps. But Velo, what has been your least favorite kind of part, whether it be an arc, a character, uh, I know a lot of people found the uh, well. I think that's actually in a later. We haven't gotten to that part, so I can't spoil that part. Where Nagisa has to infiltrate an area, but we can't talk about that yet. I thought that was pretty funny, but um, I, wait, what, least favorite part? Or? No, no, favorite, 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 favorite. Okay. No, no, no. I just remember. Oh, I remember that mission toward the end of the first season. I'm like, oh, this is so like ridiculous, but I'm like, eh, I can dig it. You know what I mean, like that kind of thing. But. uh I'm curious what your favorite part in the first 16 episodes so far. You know, your first term. What do you remember from your first term, V-Lord? Pay it, tell it to the class now. Oh, geez. Um, 
I don't know. I think like I, I really do like the music. Um, I do like both of the exam stories, just because the concept of like having the uh, test literally be monsters, I think, is really cool, and it kind of fits into the uh, more action elements that you'd expect from say a Shonen Jump series. Aside from that, I, I also really love the gags. <laughs> one of my favorite gags is the one where uh, Itona and Koro-sensei learn that they are brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they show, like, uh, Raditz and uh, Goku from Dragon Ball. We see Kenshiro and Rao from Fist and the North Star. And then two of the characters from Saint Seiya that I forgot the names of. Right. <laughs> that is... They did a lot of references. I forget about that. I also, I have to say, just because of like new characters being introduced, Ritsu is hilarious. I oh, love Ritsu. yeah. When they, when they finally like uh, waifu her, or, you know, like make, <laughs> make her like more normal instead of just a killing machine, I thought was so funny. So funny. Uh, but uh, Marion, Marion, what was your favorite part in the first 16 episodes so far? Um, It might have been actually the. Yeah, like like we already said, the exam works just because like I'm a really big fan of actually the the principal character Asano. Oh yes. And like, oh my god, I was like obsessed with uh, his Japanese performance actually because he's voiced by Aizen from Bleach. Oh, that's right. Just, like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, sultry voice. It's Hayami Show, and, and I'm just like, oh. And don't my forget, goodness. since we brought up Gintama, he's also Kagura's dad. Oh, oh yeah. my oh, god. god. So, and and then JoJo Vanilla Ice, so yeah, yeah he, he's got repertoire. Yes, yeah, he's got a repertoire going for him. That is, yeah, he's there, a great villain. Ahead. I'd put him, I'd put him up there with like Irina's father for like someone I wanted to see fail. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it really got that type of emotion, which is great. That's what you want from a villain. So, oh my God, that's such a good point. He is sinister, like, isn't he, Marion? The way like he's just executed visually in the show is like really good. I think it makes perfect use of both the the vocal performance and then like shadow and lighting like i'm literally like i'm, I'm on funimation set right now and like episode 16 and like the 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 preview image is like him like looming over karma and it's mm -hmm. like really dark shadows covering both their faces i'm like yeah that's perfect that's the character it's just it's executed really well and I think he does a great job of depicting kind of the pressure that students face at school, right? Because mm -hmm. while you face it with your parents, obviously, you know, good grades, you get an allowance, you get all the good, nice stuff, bad grades, you get punished. They're more immediately there, your teachers, your principals, you know what I mean? He's so, literally a personification of both because his son is in the school too. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. it's really, really well done. Like he, he literally embodies the status quo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that makes him a very interesting... Uh, I guess foil to Koro Sensei. Who's yeah, the epitome of weird. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. very much. <laughs> uh, and so Sakaki, what about yourself? What would be your favorite part of the first sixteen? And obviously, you can count the sub. That's fine, <laughs> unless you want to say what you've liked so far in your first viewing of the English dub. I mean, honestly, dub sub, it would be the same thing. And I mean, this is a pretty rudimentary answer, but I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I just like the 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 very the opening of the series when i first i was actually going to try to translate assassination classroom but a friend of mine got to it first so <laughs> i was reading the first chapter and it's just like you know it's it, it seems like a normal school manga i mean i i knew going into it because as somebody who read nero i was like matsu when i saw matsu's name i was like okay there, there's a catch here what is it <laughs> and you know it starts off like a normal school manga and then everybody tries to kill the, this weird octopus and then it doesn't even stop there the ex explanation of why he's there it's just 
Like, oh yeah, I destroyed the moon. I'm going to do the Earth in a little while. So hey, also I'm going to teach you guys. And like the explanation they give these kids, and they're just all trying to keep up with everything right. that's happening. <laughs> it's like so, going as fast to them as the Mach two speed or Mach six speed that Kara Sensei can actually fly. An octopus that can fly—that is terrifying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and it's his favorite. Uh, though, if I had to say for the dub specifically, my favorite part was um. Definitely the when Irina was introduced and he he um he yeah he he she tried to have him assassinated and he saw through it and he's like oh yeah by the way did they say that my favorite type of retaliation is through um like grooming it's just the way that Sunny Straight said that I like I'll say this said that I feel I feel bad for Arena but then like she doesn't help herself half the time like Arena please you're amazing like she really is amazing like. I, I have such a better appreciation for her as I was reading more and, like, learning more about her and seeing her grow. Like, I love her. And, like, obviously she's the, the – she is the best – she's the best girl. I'm sorry. She is. Um, I, I really just – I enjoyed watching kind of her grow from, you know, someone who thinks that they have it all down even though, like, they're really young and then they're like, I really have nothing down. Oh, dear God. <laughs> you know, I found it – I found it super relatable. But – um yeah, yeah, for for I mean I I can't stress enough how awesome and happy I am that the series made its way to Tsunami. Oh yeah, I mean speaking of Arena, I will say at first I wasn't fond of her dub, but then when she flipped to assassin mode, yeah, mm-hmm. Martha Harms Martha Harms brought it, and oh, yeah. ever since then I really like her performance. Um, I mean Yu Kobayashi is still queen, but like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and when you and it's funny because like Karasuma's Gintoki and Arena is Sachan, so you got yeah, that, the ninja the, you got the, the ninja who's like stalking Gintoki. So it's like it's amazing to see kind of like how that works. And then I mean, not to keep going down the voice actor hole, and then you go to Fire Emblem where Gintoki's Krom and Yuko Bayashi <laughs> is Lucina. So it's like they, it's like she's almost following Gintoki through everything he does that way. It's so funny. No, but I, I like that kind of little anecdote thing because we kind of do that with English VAs too. Like, look at uh, Brian Palencia always seemed to be opposite of J. Michael Tatum. Look at Jeremy Lee seemed to always be opposite of Todd Happercorn. And you can look at that um, with with like you, and like um, Bryce Pappenbrook being not only Aaron Yeager but Inosuke and Demon Slayer, right? Like. They, they, we have these, and Matt Mercer is Levi and Law, who's the same Japanese VA. So we have these same types of things here, too, which I think is really cool. So I find it fascinating because I'm not as well-versed with the seiyus as much as, obviously, my well-established guests seem to be, which is awesome. <laughs> I love it. So, But, yeah, um, for, for those who are listening, tweet us what your favorite part so far of Assassination Classroom. I like to think that what Sketch has been saying has been really on the money about how this show really has grabbed attention maybe because as I would explain, you know, simulcast in, you know, the simulcast season, how companies seem to hype up every new season. It seems to have more hidden gems than ever before in the anime series. Mm-hmm. And I feel like assassination classroom Definitely. has fit that mold and has done such a great job with connecting. Like, it's funny, you know, you look at Jojo, you look at Hunter, Hunter, and I would still argue that I think Black Clover is more beloved by Toonami fans than those, which is saying something to me, which kind of brings a tear to my eye how much I, I really do love Black Clover. And boy, did Asta get buff. 
I forgot about Yo, that. Yo, he's such a dude. Now. He's so. Oh my god. I love he got Asta. Thick. That boy got thick. He's a thick boy. I I or love thick boy. I love Asta, but but hopefully we can see Black Clover return again. As this is Assassination Classroom's time to shine. You know, baseball, uh, swimming, all the types of stuff. You know, I I loved it. It was. It, it does make me think about high school and. There are some good things about high school. There were some bad things in high school. But you know what I mean? Like, you're able to really feel you're growing with the students, which I think is, oh, so lovable. But yeah, uh, tell us what your favorite part is, what the characters you like, what music you like, because the music slaps. It's so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. But uh, let's uh, wrap it up and do some house cleaning. So you can email us at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com and follow us on facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at tsunamipodcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, Anchor, literally anything that has podcasts, you will hear this podcast. You can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com slash Tsunami Faithful Podcast and get the latest news and editorials by following Tsunami News on Twitter. It's where you can read all of our stuff, our reviews, our editorials, our documentaries. Uh, and also, don't forget, do not forget, you can subscribe to the Tsunami Faithful Pass at www.patreon.com slash faithful where we put exclusive interviews like uncut ones from a certain documentary that we have released last month so a lot of good stuff and i will say this before we officially officially wrap up sakaki and marion i hope you enjoyed your first ever episode on tfp it was such a pleasure to have you both it was so fun I, yeah, I definitely need to come. I've been saying for a long time I need to be on here, and I'm glad I finally made it. And I want to be back. I really do. I will make sure to bully Sketch to make sure both of you are on. I was saying since I'm Sketch is taking a break, as obviously I uh, made sure your, our listeners knew from our last podcast, I'm kind of holding down the fort. I'm sure there'll be episodes where Paul might take a lead, maybe even be Lord. You, know, you never know. You never know. But. Um, uh, I will definitely try to make sure to keep everyone involved because as I've said before, you all are more than welcome to join. We have a platform not only for you to write, but to you, for you guys to speak as well. And it's super important to me to make sure that everyone uh, to not be faithful staff feels included. Like I really enjoyed, you know, when we got to have Celia on, you know, when she was new, you know, I cannot wait to have Umeko join us. She still needs to get a mic, but she will be on the podcast soon. And I'm super, super excited for that. And I really like when people who haven't been on for a while get to, you know, a chance to be on with me, which is such a such it just it's just such elation because I can't stress enough how much I enjoy editing the work that both Sakaki and Marion do. And of course, Vlord, don't feel you're left out here. I love, love, love the editorials that you send my way as well. So make sure you guys check those out on tsunamifaithful.com. They give us such wonderful, wonderful stuff, and I cannot stress enough. It's a lot better than just me holding down the fort as the only editorial writer. Let me tell you something. They offer so much more, so much more better <laughs> stuff, but uh, I, I I can't express enough how amazing and giddy it was, especially it, it was such a fun little intro getting to dive in with both of your backgrounds in the anime fandom world. I found it, I think, very, very important to establish that right off the bat. But, uh, but yeah, uh, V-Lord, do you mind telling our listeners where they can find you, good sir? Yeah, sure. People can find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ. And then, like CJ mentioned, I write editorials for Tsunami Faithful on TsunamiFaithful.com. 
Um, and I also write manga and light novel reviews for all-comic.com. So you can check out those as well. Uh, but aside from that, I also host like three podcasts for some reason. Um, <laughs> some like we reason. <laughs> yes, for some reason. We'll put air quotes. We're, reasons. We're all, on, we're all with you on them for some reason too. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're my hostages at this point. I make a podcast, and they're like, "Okay, I guess we have to follow." Yeah, we're but uh, terrible Stockholm syndrome at this point. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, uh, yeah, so first up, the Demon Slayer podcast, where we talk about Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba. That's on Twitter, at Slayer Podcast. Then there's the Oversoul Shaman King podcast, which is about the amazing series Shaman King, which is on Twitter, at Shaman King Pod. And then I also have my general anime and manga podcast that I do with our fellow editorial writer, Laser Kid. The Dumb Weebs Podcast, which is on Twitter at Dumb Weebs Pod. So check out all those. I feel like you guys are smarter than being dumb. Just just throwing that <laughs> out there. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Marion, where can they find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Microwavy. The E is before the V. Um, and there I have a link to a card that has like all my other projects. Uh, like Vilar said, I'm on DSP with him. I also am on the Shaman King Podcast. And I also co-host uh, two other podcasts. One is uh, The View from the Top, a Haiku podcast. That's at HaikuPod on Twitter. Feelard, why didn't you uh, tell me this? I'm pretty sure I did at one point. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll link you to the episodes, CJ. Um, and I also have another podcast. It's called The Good Friends Anime Club. That's at Good Friends Cast on Twitter, where me and... The other friends get together and we have fun, friendly, inclusive conversation about anime, games, manga, and more. Uh, we just recorded actually an episode that should be out this weekend, hopefully. Um, and uh, sometimes you can catch me on the My Hero Academia podcast. I am literally collecting all of the Shonen Jump podcast <laughs> Infinity Stones. Uh, uh, next stop is uh, One Piece Pod whenever they are alerted to my presence. Uh, wait, wait, get, get on a Jujutsu Kaisen podcast. Let's go. Okay, actually, my friend Derek is obsessed with uh, JJK, so he might make one. I don't know if he will. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. We'll see. And don't forget to check out Marion's articles on Toonami Faithful as well, because the work that they do is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Especially love the latest one, the One Piece one. Yeah, that just came out last week. Uh, It was a retrospective on the whole series, because Chapter 1000 came out uh, just like a week ago or two weeks ago and uh yeah i also write as i said earlier for sakaki's blog wsstalkback.blogspot.com and wow. uh my personal blog heavensdoorknob.wordpress.com definitely check out if you've been enjoying marion's work definitely 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 cannot stress enough how uh, well polished they are as a writer uh i i truly enjoy every every draft i get from you and uh, sakaki where can they find you besides uh, crying in a corner about Gintama? <laughs> <laughs> I, you guys laugh, but that gorilla scarred me. You can never escape them. No, I can't. Um, <laughs> I, you can find me at Kirobon, K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N on Twitter. Um, at WSS Talkback on Twitter as well for the show on Sunday. Uh, Kirobon's my personal Twitter. There's really nothing going on there, but eh, he's, he's lying. 
He's lying. He's lying. Trigger, which is my favorite Shonen Jump manga. Yeah, okay, fine. Like, pretty much anything Marion says to read, I'm probably going to at some point talk about how I, how they were right and I was wrong. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've they've convinced me to get Try Black Clover again. And I'll admit I'm not the biggest Black Clover fan, but I figure no. at this point I, I will try it. I will it's give not it even a it's not that you don't like Black Clover. You're just an Asta hater, and that's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Let me tell you something. A lot of other characters are so great in Black Clover. Asta's yeah, good. I, don't I, get me wrong. Asta's really, really good, but there there are yeah, I, so many good characters. Yeah, there are, and I, and I do want to find them. So, I mean, I'm reading World Trigger now, and once I'm caught up with that, then Black Clover's next on my I, list. I do like CJ, Asta. CJ, you need to read World Trigger, too. If you I haven't. love World Trigger. It was good. so oh, good. I fucking love you, dude. Oh, it was so good. I need to pick it back up because I know it was on, you know, hiatus for the author's yeah. help. But oh, it was so fun. It's so fun. It's I will it's admit the the, the latest uh, the latest arc is a little boring for me. And it was like where they're trying to rank up. Like I, I was getting, I'm getting a little like, okay, it's a little repetitive. So I kind of want to get beyond that. Um, <laughs> but I really do like Will Trigger. I think it's, I think it's great. I love the characters too. I especially love the main character. He apparently well, sucks. the best. Like he apparently sucks at everything, but like he represents those who aren't gifted but still competes at a high level. Like, oh god, please give me that. I'll eat that. I'll slurp that up like it's nothing. It's almost like the writing is good. Wow. Oh, god. Yes. Good uh, writing. And Sakaki, where else could they find you? I know we kind of went on a tangent about No, 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 it's no, fine. no, 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 no. It's to it's totally cool. This is what it's like to record with V Lord of Mary. <laughs> so, it's amazing we get anything recorded that's related to the shows we're on. <laughs> but um yeah, though those are primarily where you can find me, Carolbon and WSS Talkback. And also I mentioned a blog, but you know, WSS Talkback.blogspot.com. Um, make sure to follow uh, the most recent thing we have on there is just a retrospective of Sunday in 2020, which was a pretty good year. We got a lot of stuff licensed. From I saw that. Sunday. Yeah. I thought that was a really well done piece. Oh, wow. I didn't know you read it. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cause I saw the, uh, I remember seeing a tweet from you specifically talking about how Shonen Sunday got more titles than like it's ever had or something or close to that. And I'm like, uh what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 2020 was a really good year for the for the magazine. Yeah. So maybe not a good year for everyone else, but Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was that it was a good year for that. But yeah, I mean those are generally where you can find me. Of course, I write for Toonami Faithful and I'm with V Lord and Marion on Shaman King and Demon Slayer Podcast. So yeah. That's where you can find me. As you can see, the Demon Slayer Podcast sponsored by Toonami Faithful right now in this this kind of segment. And you can find me on Twitter at CJ Maffris. Feel free to follow if you'd like. Uh, I'm going to keep hyping up the documentary because that took 14 months, so deal with it. Um, definitely check it out on our Facebook and YouTube page. And like I said, on for people who subscribe to our Patreon, you'll be getting unedited interviews of the guests because you only saw 90 minutes. I got over 280 minutes of content from them. So that's a lot. You know, yeah. so uh, basically, basically, you will be uh, getting to hear everything that they had to say. I'm still not sure who's going to be first. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk with some people to see who we release first on that. But definitely check those out if you can. I also I do still write, believe it or not. Uh, I will have a review up even of an anime show on this Friday, depending on if I don't get a certain article from Sketch. Uh, but Sketch needs a break, so it's fine if he doesn't. It's not a big deal. But uh, you can still catch me there. And other than that, you'll either see me playing Pokemon or playing gotcha games. And I'm not addicted, I swear. V-Lord, I'm not addicted to gotcha games. It's fine. Everything's fine. 
I'm fine. That's an oddly specific denial, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha games? Gotcha games are addicting. No one gets addicted. No, not at all. It's not like loot boxes the guy or anything. Started Fire Emblem. He did. I haven't actually. spent any money yet, though. Don't say get, B Lord. <laughs> there's gonna, gonna there's gonna be it. something, but uh, as you can see, we're we're getting a little slap happy, which is good. That means we had we had a good time. Uh, but yeah, make sure you guys check out my lovely guests on Twitter. Absolutely, they offer so many interesting perspectives that I cannot stress enough. That's really fun. I hope you enjoyed listening to tonight's episode. I hope you've been enjoying Assassination Classroom. Tell us what have you been liking the most. I want to know. I want to hear these answers. You can even tweet at me directly, and I might answer back depending on if I'm working or not. But uh, I want to know. Want to get everyone's feelings on it because I, I agree with Sketch. I think this show has hit a lot more than people probably gave credit for. So I'm really excited for that. And I guess we can wrap it up there. Class dismissed. Everyone enjoy the end of your first turn.